I, uh, I, I've, I love this sermon series that we have gotten into. I think this is week three of it. A wisdom that goes a long way. Has anybody learned anything through this? If not, just flatter me and say you have, okay? That would be great. Thank you. All right, there we go. Uh, you know, uh, it was funny. The other day, we were out. It's not really funny. It's actually uh, very agitating for me as a dad. But then the outcome actually was very fulfilling, okay? And here's why you'll, you'll see. The other day, we, were, uh, we went out on the boat, and uh, my son Carter the eight-year-old, the middle child, the middle child, you know. Is anybody a middle child here? We know how you are, okay? We know exactly how you people are. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, so we were out on the boat the other day, and, and uh, I was, I was uh, you know, away from, away from, he was on the boat, or he was not supposed to be on the boat, but he was getting on the boat. And uh, I was, you know, I don't know, 20 yards away from him. And I go, Carter, get off the boat. And I, I think it's selective hearing. Does anybody have selective hearing? Yeah, don't, uh, yeah, or point at spouses, right? I didn't even get, I couldn't even get out of the way, like don't point at your spouse and people are throwing daggers, okay? And uh, so, so, you know, we're out there, I said, Car- Carter, I can hear his mom, Carter, you need to get off the boat. And he's still on the boat. So <clears throat> then, you know, I had to bust out the voice, Carter! He looks at me and he goes, I'm supposed to be afraid of that, huh? <laughs> Woo! All I can say is I'm glad there was like a hundred other people around. You know what I mean? And uh, anyway, he did get off the boat and he nonchalantly starts making his way to me thinking he knows what is about to happen, right? So he comes over and I got that, you know, I squatted down. I didn't stand over because I've read things that you're supposed to go eye to eye. You know what I'm talking about? Those child development stuff. All right. So I get down there and I'm like, boy, you better be glad we are not home. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I went through the spiel with him. And then so the next day, which was yesterday, we're home and I'm out in the yard working. I'm sweating to death. Everybody else is in the AC, living it up. Thank you. Somebody, please help me out here, right? And, and so, you know, he, he does something, and I just looked at him. He goes, I don't want what happened yesterday. I'm going to change. <laughs> Wisdom, right? Wisdom that goes a long way. You know, one of my favorite Bible scriptures or Bible, you know, stories or examples that God gives us in scripture comes out of 1 Kings. And I'm not going to read any scripture there, Joe, so don't panic on me. But in 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, later on today, when you leave here, read this story. It's, it's a great story. It's about King Solomon. And uh, just kind of break it down for you real fast. Uh, God looks at him and says, you know, what is it? What, what is, whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. A lot of things could be asked in that moment. I mean, think about that. If God were to look at you right now and say, what is it you want? I'm going to give it to you. What kind of list would you have? Would it be a list like a kid at Christmas or a birthday? You know what I mean? Think about that for a second. I think we all have a massive scroll of a list of things that we really need God to do. Is anybody like that in here this morning? I do. I got some things I need God to really get in control of. Watch this. I need some things that I need to give God really control of. Amen? And uh, so, so, you know, Solomon, he he just simply asked for one thing. He goes, you know what? Here's what I want. I want wisdom. Wisdom. There's a lot to say about people who are striving for wisdom. There's a lot to say about people who are looking for more knowledge and to learn and, and, and to, 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 to increase themselves. 
one of the things that really bothers me about the church today, and I can't even say as a, as a church as a whole, I would more or less define it as the church within our culture. And that is simply this, a spirit of apostasy. That there's a spiritual apostasy upon what I believe as the American church, especially today. And that is simply understanding what we're supposed to do, but yet still neglecting to do it. Understanding how we are to live, but yet still neglecting to do it. Understanding that the word of God is full of power and direction, but yet still neglecting to allow it to be a part of our lives. Understanding that prayer is your source communication when it comes to your heavenly father, but yet still finding ways to occupy ourselves so that prayer becomes so little and little and little within our lives. And I can't help but to think, no, no wonder we are where we are today right now as the church culture. You know, we're looking at this sermon series called Wisdom that goes a long way. You know, Proverbs really speaks a lot about wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 this has been our foundational verse throughout this series. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this. In other words, this is what I need you to do. This is what I'm wanting, all right? It says this, what? Get wisdom. Get wise. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Knowledge is knowing something, but wisdom is living it out. Understand that. Knowledge is knowing something, but wisdom is living it out. You know, all, our lives would be better if we could get what? Wisdom-filled lives. The beginning of the series, we learned the foundations of wisdom. We looked at uh, four separate individuals. We looked at the simple, right? Well, who's the simple? The people who just don't know better. They've not been taught anything. Usually that comes through your younger generation. Unfortunately, some of you are labeled as a simpleton because your spouses have told me that, all right? That's, that's a joke. It's funny. Then we looked at the fool, and that is the individual that knows better, has been taught, but still yet refuses to do it. I can't help but to think maybe that's where we are as a culture within the church today. And then we looked at the scoffer or the mocker, the one who has been taught who knows better, but yet still refuses to do it and criticizes others for doing it. I wonder if the church has fallen into that category some. But then the fourth one we looked at was simply what? The wise. And we understand how do we become wise? One of the key instruments of becoming wise is gaining a fear of the Lord. Not being afraid, but having a respect and having an honor. And then last week, we looked at the generosity, how being generous in every area of our lives can enhance our lives spiritually, and then which could follow suit in other areas that we live in. But today, we're going to look at something that I'm more passionate about. It's part of our vision statement. We look at what? Learning, passion, and excellence. If you're a parent here today, what do you want to be? Well, I want to be a better parent. If you're a student, you want to be a better student. If you're in business, you want to be a better businessman or businesswoman. If you're in a career, you want to, what, improve in your career, go to different levels, different heights. If you're within relationship, you want your relationship, what, to be stronger, to be more intimate, to be better uh, spouse. 
You want to have more influence. I think we can all say that we can, uh, we want better for our lives, but I think we do this and we put a lid on this. In other words, you know, we're, in order for us to learn and, and get better, we must be attentive and we have to do something here very key, and that is simply listen. In order to be a learner, you have to listen. Now, have, have you ever talked to somebody and you had great words of wisdom for them, but yet that you know that they weren't listening? Is that not the most frustrating moment? Does that not just get on your everlasting nerve, especially if you have a child? Absolutely. Or you have a spouse, right? Absolutely. There are times within our lives where I'm not listening, but rather I am talking. Now, I'm really bad about that. Is anybody else a talker in here? Because I'm a talker. I'm a communicator. I can talk. You've heard me to the wall. And it'd be great. But listen, here's what happens with me. I get into conversations with people and a great idea hits my mind. And I've got to get this thing out of me before you finish your sentence. Anybody else like that? And, and here's what happens nine times out of 10. When I interrupt somebody, they, I go, now what were you gonna say? I don't forgot. <laughs> what did I potentially miss out on? Some really great moments of wisdom right there, right? Sometimes it's good to what? Keep your mouth quiet, all right? Mm. Yeah. My wife, if she were in here right now, she could testify to a lot of that. I'll tell you that right now. But I, I, somebody said amen on me. That's great. I want to dive into a topic today called teachability, right? Um, regardless of the phase of your life that you're in, there's growth that's right in front of you. Regardless of your age, regardless of uh, how knowledgeable you think you are of things, there is an opportunity of growth right as in front of you. Scripture shows us that there is room for growth. 26 of the 31 chapters in Proverbs cover simply this topic of being teachable. So if it's there, I think it's important that what you and I dive into that and really take a look at what God's really wanting to show us. So let's take a look at Proverbs 10 verse 8. It says this, the wise are glad to be instructed. Think about that. Wise people want to be instructed. So if you don't want to be instructed, think about that. Wise people want to be instructed. They're glad, but watch this. But babbling fools, what, what do they do? They fall flat on their faces. Now, I don't want to be a babbling fool. You don't want to be a babbling fool. But from time to time, we fall right into the category. So I had fun here for a few moments. I'm going to have fun with you here for just a quick moment here. And we're going to take a look at three things that I think really develop in what foolish people are. All right? Number one. Here it is, the know-it-all. Anybody know a know-it-all? Yeah? You could have a discussion about planting bushes, right, or driverless cars, and they know everything about it. Everything. And you're like, I know more than you. Will you shut up, right? Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26 says this, those who trust their own insight are what? Foolish. 
but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. I would rather be safe than be a fool, all right? All right, now here's number two. This one gets me. Number three is the one that really kills me though, all right? But number two, the been there, done that. Like you are so excited about what you have done, what you have accomplished, what you experienced, and they're like, yeah, I've done that five times. Not a problem, not a big deal. You just want to throat punch them. You know what I'm talking about? Like, seriously. Why, why am I, watch this, Proverbs 18 too. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. There's a lot of wisdom here, isn't there? There's a lot of stuff that we can gain here. All right, watch this, here we go. Number three, throw it up there. The one upper. Like I climb Mount Everest and they're like, yeah, well I climb Mount Everest with my flip flops on with no oxygen. (laughs) Can you not just celebrate with my accomplishment? Right? Like why do you have to suck the wind out of me? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Fools think they own that, excuse me. Fools think their own way is right. But the wise listen to what? Others. So we have a problem with this from time to time. We aren't listening. We're not growing. We're not learning. And so by not learning, we're not experiencing all that God has for us. I don't want church to be just an emotional roller coaster for your life. That's why the learning part is the first thing that we have within our vision statement. You need the knowledge, you need the wisdom. Emotions will get you in trouble. Can I get an amen? Amen. Emotions will get you in trouble, but the word of God stands what? Forever. The word of God is what? Truth. Nothing is to ever replace the word of God. Now, Proverbs chapter one, verse five says this. Let the wise listen to their Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. Now, I'm gonna tell you a story here. This was at my first youth pastorate, all right? It was in uh, um, Austinville, Virginia, near Withville. Anybody know where Withville, Virginia is, that area? I was there six months, right? Uh, I remember the, the pastor was much, much seasoned, seasoned, very seasoned, all right? And uh, so he's, he's bringing me in and, and, and interviewing me to, to be the youth pastor. And he's like, uh, well, you know, I'm looking for somebody to be here with me and, and we're gonna do ministry together. I said, that's great. When are you retiring? I need to know when you're retiring. And he's like, oh, I don't, because he came out of retirement. He's like, oh, I don't plan on retiring. I said, all right, then we'll, we'll, we'll team up. It was like four months later, I'm retiring. You know, it was like, great. So anyway, so here's the story. This guy was wise. I learned a great deal from him. I really did in the way I communicate. And, and, and I'll tell you why. And here's the story behind it here in just a second. But remember this, this is also the guy, I've, I've told you guys this story before that uh, as a youth pastor, I was in charge of mowing the grass at the church. Nobody get any ideas. That's a lot of grass here. All right, Jim Khalil's doing a fabulous job. And uh, so, so I was in charge of mowing the grass. And, you know, I was like 22 years old. You know, I, 
I didn't care about the grass. I think nobody else cared about the grass. So I go to church one Sunday, one Sunday morning, and the grass was like up to here, right? And the pastor comes up to me, goes, well, it looks like nobody cut the grass this week. And I was like, no, guess not. You know, so church was over. And I went out there. I was like, I am going to get major brownie points today. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to mow the grass. So I went out there. I mowed the grass. And I came back to church that night. And he says, we need to go to my office. I went into the office. He says, do you value your job? I said, I do. He goes, and you will never mow the grass here on a Sunday again. So anyway, so I, I thought the guy was pretty harsh. I was just trying to do the right thing, right? I learned to respect this guy. Very wise, very wise. Anyway, so I, I, he began to let me have some opportunity to preach on, on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and I had an opportunity one Sunday. And, and, and I thought, man, I was, I was throwing it down. You know what I'm talking about? Like, ha! Woo! You know, I had the preacher voice. I had everything that I'm not now. You know what I mean? I had it all going down. I mean, people were clapping. They're amen and woo. You know, it was great. I was like, yeah. Walked away going, yeah, this is... This, they might as well just throw me on their shoulders and carry me out the door. You know what I mean? And uh, so, so, so that went on uh, for, for a moment, you know. And that next Monday, he goes, he goes, we need to go to breakfast. I was like, that's right. He wants to buy me breakfast. It was so good. He's going to give me a raise. We get there and he's like, you really feel like you're called to minister? I was like, yeah, why? He was like, that was the worst message I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, this guy's kind of, I only tell you the bad things about him. He's a really good guy though, you know? And, uh, and, and I was like, well, that kind of hurt, you know? I was like, man, I just, threw, he's like, that is not what God is developing in you. You're trying to be someone that you're not. You need to be who God created you to be. You know, for many of you in this room, that is exactly you. You are living a life that you were not created to live. But God has created you to live a specific life, and you need to become obedient to what the master is calling you to do. All right, I'll leave that one alone for a second. All right, here's a couple things we're going to look at. Number one, something about the wise, the listening, the teachable. Here's what they have. They have some qualities. And here's one. The listening heart is a humble heart. It's humble, okay? In other words, we must be able to lay down our pride in what our own ideas are. We must allow ourselves to be learners. We must be teachable. In order to be teachable, we have to be humble. There is not much difference between humility and humiliation. Humility is our choice. Humiliation kind of just happens. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says this. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes what? Wisdom. That's how we get there. That's how we do it, by humbling ourselves. Number two, the listening heart has a desire to grow. Does anybody in here, do you want to grow in your craft? Do you want to grow as a spouse? Do you want to grow as a parent? Do you want to grow as a friend? Do you want to grow when it comes to your relationship with Christ? You need to understand something. You have to grow. Growth doesn't always feel good. Not many of you know I, I attempt to go to the gym each week. Now, I did not go last week. That's to somebody in here who wants to point that out very clearly to me. But I attempt to go to the gym, and, 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 and I've taken on something that I enjoy doing, and that's called running. I used to hate running growing up. 
right? That despise it, did not like it. But now I'll, I enjoy it. It's like my release, my stress. I, I get it out, you know what I mean, while I'm running. And, and about a month and a half ago, I was running and I started noticing my legs were really, really hurting. Like to the point of, I ran one day and, and I was in so much pain, I was like, I'm done. I hit the stop button on that treadmill and walked off of it. So I decided to confide in one of my true good friends by the name of Tom Derrickson. And I thought Tom was gonna have words of wisdom such as take it easy, let's find a different routine, you know, don't worry about, you know what, I, you, you've been doing great, why don't you take a week off, okay? Instead, he looks at me, he goes, no, you just gotta keep running. That's the only way you're gonna get through that pain is to keep going and keep going. And I looked at him, oh, I, no, you know, remember the guy I said, sometimes you want a throat punch? The know-it-all? I ain't gonna lie, I had a moment, all right? I had a moment, like, I'm hanging up on you right now, Tom. And uh, so that next day I went back to the gym and I, I went through it and, and the next couple of times I kept going. And you know what, eventually that pain left and I grew from that moment. Some of you today, you're going through some really tough life struggles. And, and it's easy for us to wanna to throw up our hands and say, you know what, God, I'm just, I, I can't take much more of this, I, I'm giving up. I say this a lot, there's purpose in your pain. God's doing something. God's developing in you character. He's developing in you strength. He's developing in you relationships that maybe later on are gonna carry you to another level. Understand that even though life might be difficult right now and you might be going through some painful moments, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel and be like, well, this whole God thing's not working out for me or, or, or I'm just, I'm weary. You know, I, I'm not feeling like going to church. I'm not feeling like getting into my word. I'm not feeling like lifting my hands up and worshiping. I'm not feeling like, you know, uh, spending time in prayer. Don't stop. Keep pushing through it and see what God's gonna do. You will develop through this. The pain that you're going through has got a purpose and God is gonna strengthen you by continually being persistent. Proverbs 27, 7, 27, 17 says, as, sharpen, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Look, growth is not always pleasant, but it's always worth it. When God is stretching you, it's always worth it. It might be painful in the moment, and you may not understand what's going on, but you know what? Maybe it's not for you to understand in this moment. One of the mysteries of God that I've learned that he doesn't always lay everything out for you to understand before he does it. He just begins to work in you and says, you need to have some faith in me. You need to take that faith that I've given you and you need to tap into it. And you need to trust me in this moment. All right, here we go. Here's another thing. The listening heart will embrace correction. We don't like correction. We don't want to be corrected. If we wanna to go to a new level though within our lives, we must be able to embrace correction, whether we ask for it or whether it's being given to us freely, we must be able to embrace it. Know this, that correction is not rejection. See, Satan himself wants you to think that. He wants you to think because somebody is correcting you that really what they're doing is rejecting you or they're trying to discourage you. See, I could have took it that way on that, on that Monday after I, I preached that what I thought was a fantastic message. And that pastor came in and he just, he just tore me up. You know what I'm saying? 
But I took that moment as a corrective moment. From that moment on, I said, you know what? I need to be who God created me to be. I need to take that correction. I need to take that criticism that was used to help me, to build me up, and, and use it. Even though it was, what, painful, I still had to go through it. Because growth is what? Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes when God is stretching us, sometimes when God is breaking us down to rebuild us again, sometimes it's not a pleasant season. But we must trust, we must what? Embrace the correction. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1 says this. To learn, you must love discipline. That just, that just doesn't sound right, does it? But that is a decision that you're going to make. You're going to decide to love this. You must love discipline. I love this. It is stupid. Now, you know if the Bible says it's stupid, it's stupid. Are you following me here? It says, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Have you ever met somebody that, you know, you can't tell, you're walking on eggshells when you want to get your point across because you know that they're not going to take it well. Or maybe you are that person. The Bible says we need to embrace that. We need to embrace correction. Because with correction is coming wisdom, knowledge, understanding. I love this. If you're willing to embrace the pain of correction, then you will see the results being growth. In every situation, we can choose to either grow and invite God's presence. Invite God's wisdom. Let, Proverbs chapter 13. Let's take a look at this scripture. Verses 13 through 14 says this. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. I'm going to stop there. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to evaluate yourself there for a second. I want you to think about that scripture. There's a lot of truth right there, right? It says people who despise advice are asking for trouble. But it goes on to say, those who respect a command will what? Will succeed. That's what we want, right? We want what? We want success. Moving on, verse 14. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it, again, what is that? That's a decision time. That's a decisional moment. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. In other words, here's what you are. Life-giving fountain of wisdom in my life is who God is. When I'm embracing correction, I'm, I'm what? Embracing a life-giving fountain of wisdom in my life. This means we will need to overcome the rejection of the fear of being hurt. It means we need to overcome the thoughts that, that the correction is nothing but rejection. You know, the, the enemy wants... Nothing more than to bring condemnation within your life. The definition of condemnation is simply this. He wants you to feel bad so much so that you are running away from God rather than running to God. If he can get in your mind and bring you down and tear you down to a place where he knows, because why? The devil is what? Like a, a, a lion seeking whom he may what? Devour. You guys know my, my, my love for cats, right? There is no love. Zero. And if you're a cat lover, I'm sorry. We can still be friends, but we're not going to be that close. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
But you ever I, I, go on YouTube and, 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 and like, I've seen people like post these things on like Facebook. That's the only reason I don't search cats on YouTube. Okay, it's just weird. But you can see them like they sneak up on stuff, man. They're, they're waiting for that moment to what, pounce on something? Man, the devil, he, that's exactly what he's doing in your life. He's looking for that weak moment. He's looking for that moment that when correction comes, you're going to throw up the attitude. You're going to throw up the wall. Why? Because he's going to pounce on that. He's going to make it so much bigger and so much worse than what it really was. He's going to bring conviction in the moment that is what? Conviction is to run you to God. But he's going to turn it around and try to make it condemnation to the point of where you're running away from God. Now, there's four things that learners do. Number one. Learners will always do this. They will initiate. They will take the first step. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask. Look at your neighbor and say ask. You got to do that again. It says, ask our generous God. It says, and he will what? He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He's saying, I want to give it to you. You just need to do something. Ask me. You need help in a decision? Ask me. You need help with, 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 in a spiritual need? Ask me. I'm going to give you wisdom on this. I'm going to give you instruction. I'm going to give you know-how. Mm. All right. He goes, he will not rebuke you for asking. Ask questions. God, what, what would you have for me? God, how can I change? God, you know what? Make me more like Jesus. Who wants that in their life? Hello. Make me more like Jesus. All right, here's something else learners always do. Learners implement. In other words, it's one thing to ask questions and get an answer. It's another to actually do it. If you don't do it, what is that defined as? A fool. James chapter 1 verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Somebody help me out. What, is, what does it say? Do what it says. Can, can you go on to the... We have two different versions there. Sorry. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what? What it says. In other words, it's not just enough to listen closely but you have to put some action behind it. You have to go after it. We hear a lot, but we do little. Let me say that again. We hear a lot, but we do very little. When's the last time you took correction and actually implemented it into your life? When's the last time you heard from the, what, 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 what the word of God says and actually Put it into your life. All right, here we go. Number three. Here's what learners do. And they have to. If they're doing these other things, this has to happen with a learner. Understand that. Here's what learners do. They improve. They get better. They grow. Learners push themselves. James chapter 3 verse 17 says this. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It means godly wisdom is pure. It is also peace-loving. It is gentle at all times. 
and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. Watch this, what? It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Have you ever looked at and be like, God, why are you blessing them and not me? The word of God says it shows no favoritism. He is always looking out. He's gentle in all times. Even, you know, I, I find this fascinating because even when we feel that the correction is extremely harsh, it is still gentle. Why is it gentle? Because God's involved and he's moving pieces around. He's doing things to what? Better your life. But you have to do something. What? You have to listen. And when we listen, we instantly begin to improve. Now, not many of you know my whole story, my whole situation. But I, I shared a part of it one time on a Wednesday night when, when I was asked to come here and be the youth pastor. Do you know sometimes things take time? Do you understand that? Like God doesn't just move overnight. I mean, he could if he wanted to. And sometimes I guess he kind of does. But typically with me, it's always like, it feels like a lifetime. Anybody else, can anybody like bear witness to that one? You know, it's like, it's a lifetime, Lord. Today, you know, just take me now. It's not ever coming, you know. That type of deal. And I remember coming here, and, and, and I've told you guys this many times, I never envisioned myself to be a pastor, a lead pastor. I always wanted to be a support role, that kind of guy. Just let the other guy handle all the problems. I just want to help. You know what I mean? That type of deal. God also has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Absolutely. And, and I remember my, some of my friends in, in ministry kind of asked me, they're like, you're going where? And I had to, you know, explain, shinko tig, you know, kind of like break it down, she unko, you know. And uh, they're like, well, how long do you think you're going to stay there? I was like, I don't know, maybe like two or three years. And I'm sure God will give me a direction somewhere else. You ever had like a, a, a plan in place and, and you, you were pretty solid about it, but then later on you realize it just never planned out the way you thought it was going to plan out, right? That was me in that moment, you know. I was like, oh, I'll be here a couple years and I'll end up floating off somewhere else and well, 12 years next month now, I'm still here. But yeah, God's got, see, this four times what I thought it was going to be, you know. And I'm sure there's many, many, many more years to come. And I'm so thankful for that. But I never would have thought that I would be in the position, have the family that I have now, the friendships, this wonderful church, all of these things up, to, you know, at this point of life. Now, if God were to have showed me that, and said, this is what's going to happen. You just need to be patient as I work out those pieces. Because God didn't show me that I was going to be standing here one day and being the pastor. He had a plan. He knew I can't show Kevin this because Kevin has a problem with patience. <laughs> Anybody else have that problem? I know what's to come, but if it doesn't come quick enough, I'm going to find a way to make it happen myself. And you know when you do that, what happens? Failure absolute failure. And, and I say that to say this, that, you know, here I am today, 12 years later, I'm, I'm the pastor of a church that I, you know, I had no planning on ever being a pastor, didn't even plan on being here this long, didn't know I was going to have a great family, all of these things. I say that to say, you know what, you got to get your mind off of what's going on around you and what you think needs to happen and really, you need to place your focus on what God and what God's planned out and what God wants to see happen within your life. 
In other words, God, maybe, maybe you don't need to know everything. If you're like me, that's you, we're on the same boat. I don't need to know, every, I mean, I do, but I don't need to know everything. Because why? Impatience comes in and it can play a very cruel part of your life to where it can really distract you from what God wants to do. And so that will lead you to not have having the improvement. The feel good is the encouragement. But what fosters growth is correction. Number four, here's what learners do. I love this. Last one. Learners inspire. This is what? From us to others. As we show a teachable spirit, as we show that we are willing to learn, we begin to inspire others to be teachable as well. Have you ever been so excited about something, right? That, you know, you have your circle of influence and, and you, you're like, it's, it's flowing out of you how excited you are. And, and next thing you know, they catch on to it and then they become excited about it too for their own life. It's kind of what happens with this God thing, you know? This teachable thing. When we become teachable and we become excited about being teachable and learning the scriptures and learning about God and learning about his presence and experiencing his presence and all these things and we're living it out, it begins to overflow from us. And, and, and Luke, it says what? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And so what does it do? It, it inspires other people. Who wants to be an inspiration? Who wants to inspire your family? Who wants to inspire your coworkers? Who wants to inspire your friends? I know I do. But if I'm not willing to take correction, if I'm not willing to listen, if I'm not willing to embrace, if I'm not willing to be teachable, then it's going to be impossible for God to be able to use me to inspire other people. And you have been designed to inspire others. James chapter 3, verse 18 says this. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace. And what will they do? They will reap a harvest of righteousness. In other words, when we are teachable, we are planting seeds of wisdom. Not only in our own life, but we're teaching this into other people's lives. I know this. I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't willing to have a heart of a learner. I reflect on that moment with that pastor, and it sticks out in my mind so vividly because it was one of those transforming moments. If I would have took on the wrong attitude, which would have been very easy, and we could all justify that. But if I would have took on the wrong attitude in that, who knows what might have happened. But when we take on the right attitude, we take on the spirit of a learner. When we allow ourselves to be teachable, God can do great things within us. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 says this. Get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. Stand with me this morning. That should be our prayer. That should be our prayer right there. I want to be teachable. I want, Lord, to gain all the advice, all the instruction that's being led by you in my life. Because watch this, the habit of the teachable Spirit produces a life of consistent wisdom. The habit of, teachable, of a teachable spirit produces a life of consistent wisdom. But wisdom is not possible 
Wisdom is not, knowledge, yes. People are knowledgeable in so many things, but wisdom is not possible without Jesus Christ. If Jesus is the only thing that you ever receive in your life, you have received everything you will only, only need for your life. Think about that. Jesus is the provision of all things. He's the answer to all things. You know, I say this all the time, but, but I live my life this way. My existence here on this earth is but a mere fraction. A minute moment compared to what my eternal existence will be. And because of Jesus, I know where my future is. And that will be with him and his kingdom. And as a pastor and as a church, our primary job is to give people Jesus. So today, that's what I want to do. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you don't know who this Jesus is, if you've not accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior, I want today to be that day. So close your eyes, bow your heads with me this morning. I'm going to ask you exactly that question. You know, you've been here, you've experienced a great service. It's been, a, it's been fun. You've gotten some great advice. But that's all it really is right now. Unless you accept Jesus Christ in your life, then it becomes wisdom. Then it becomes the instruction that God has planned for your life. So I wanna ask this question today. If you don't know who this Jesus is as your Lord and Savior, and you wanna say, Pastor, today I wanna to make that commitment to him. Today is a day of salvation. If that is you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I give you a moment. This is your opportunity today. Okay. Now, here we go. You can look up at me now. This is, this is I enjoy this part here because here it is. Here it comes. Right? We want wisdom. We want knowledge. We want understanding. We want that because what the Bible tells us that we need to do it. But we're struggling with being teachable. Not everything that I said there, you fall in line with. I promise you that. Not all of you are listeners. Not only of you, all of you are embracing correction. Not all of you are taking initiative, okay? And so on and so forth as you look at your notes. Not all of you are doing these things. In other words, we have lack within our lives. We have areas where we need God to improve us. I know I do. So I wanna ask that today. If you have an area that we talked about today within the scripture and you need God to improve that in your life, I want you to slip up your hand. Awesome, look at that. All over the place. People needing this wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your instruction. I thank you for your leading. Lord, I thank you for your correction and I thank you for your discipline. I thank you for your understanding and I thank you for your love and your compassion. But today in this room is a people, is a church that, was, that, that does not wanna be related to a spiritual apostasy where we know what we're supposed to do, but still choose not to live it out. But God, that we will be a people that will be teachable, that will strive to be a learner that wants more of your word, that wants the correction, that wants the discipline, God. 
Help us not to, to, to shy away from it, but Lord, help us to run to it, to embrace it, to go after it. So God, in our lives, you open doors of opportunity all the time for us to grow in wisdom. May we take this wisdom, this knowledge, this understanding that you are given to us and apply it to our lives so that God, we can be an inspiration to others. Not just for the fact of bettering our own lives, but God, so that we can better the people around us. So that you, Lord, can do your work and move and open areas of opportunity in people's lives, Father. Because after all, the church is here to bring others into the kingdom. To fulfill what is that great commission. And that is sharing your message throughout all this land. So God, today, may we be a people that will be open to that. That we will be learners, that we will be teachable. And that we will apply it. That God, we won't be the simple, we won't be the fool, we won't be the scoffer. But God, we will be the wise. God, as the psalmist said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you. Have a great day.